It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's probably going to be my, my first time playing with a you know elite player on his level, you know around the same age as me, same talent, and you know I'm I'm, I'm excited to play. George, way off! It's the side of the backboard. You are locked on Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 786 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, September the 16th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast and a lot more. I'm starting to use that account a little bit more to actually engage and not just post links to the pod. So give it a follow at Locked On Raptors. Much appreciated when you do that. Of course, the entire Locked On Podcast Network has you covered for all of the sports going on right now, whether it's the NFL, it's Crossover Wednesday in the NFL right now. So make sure you're listening to all the crossover episodes episodes between the hosts of the teams covering the teams that are playing each other this weekend and also on the NBA side of course there's plenty to check out as the conference finals are now set with the glorious Denver Nuggets blowout win over the Clippers in game seven last night which is going to be most of the crux of today's podcast so a little teaser as to what's coming up in the second and third segments i'm going to be joined by tj mcbride of mile high sports he hosts the rocky mountain hoops podcast as well he is going to jump on with me and we are going to get a crash course in how to be a nuggets fan because as i've made note of i think on this podcast and on twitter and stuff there really is only one acceptable team left to root for. If you want to root for the Heat against the Celtics in the conference finals in the East, that's totally acceptable. But if you want the Heat to win a title, I don't really know how to help you. That's that's a gross and vile thing to want. 
obviously Lakers fans, as much as it'd be cool to see LeBron win another title, really rooting for anything to make Lakers fans happy is bad and cursed. And so that leaves us with the Denver Nuggets, who beat the Clippers last night and are now the last hope of uh, Raptors fans everywhere. I don't know. I don't, don't really know a Raptors fan who's not in on these Nuggets right now. Nikola Jokic rules. Jamal Murray repping the 519, doing incredible things, 40 points in Game 7. The Nuggets are awesome, and considering just the the slander that was flying about after the Nuggets dispatched the Clippers last night to clinch the Raptors actually having a better overall season than the Clippers record-wise, and also how they fared in their respective second-round Game 7s, basically clinching a second straight championship for the Raptors. I don't know how you can't root for the Nuggets at this point. They rule, and uh, TJ's going to jump on to talk all about how to properly be a Nuggets fan, the behaviors you're supposed to follow, uh, you know, if there's any sort of quirks or intricacies of the fan base that you're trying to get up to date with so you can fit in online, and also we'll just talk about the team a little bit because they're super fun, and they are now the team that Raptors fans probably and, uh, you know, almost, I think, universally are going to be rooting for going forward. Uh, so that's coming up shortly. First, a couple news things to get to, uh, mainly the fact that the Nick Nurse extension news came down yesterday. We'd already recorded Tuesday's podcast on Monday, so there was not much talk of it. But if you went back to Monday's episode where Blake and I talked about the questions of Nurse and Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster's contracts, which are all up at the end of 2021... Nurse was talked about as being one of the top priorities, as both Masai and Bobby Webster should be as well. And I, I don't know. I feel pretty confident that something's going to get done there. I believe Kevin O'Connor yesterday on the Ringer NBA show, I did not listen to this, but this through, through the grapevine, suggested that it's likely Masai and Bobby Webster are going to get extensions as well, which is wonderful news. Nick Nurse is brought in on a multi-year extension as well, and that's just a nice bit of business that I think was always going to happen. They were never going to let Nick Nurse enter as a lame duck coach this year. And what he's done through two years has been remarkable and very much worth a, a, probably a very large increase in pay and, you know, definitely the security that he's going to get with a multi-year deal. So that's great. Nick Nurse is locked up. Not a ton of, like, salient analysis to offer on that. It's very good. He's an excellent coach. He's experimental. He's fun. He's weird. He'll try weird high school zones. He has very good problem-solving skills. He's not afraid to look stupid or get made fun of either, and he does very good coach faces on the sidelines. Nothing to dislike about Nick Nurse. Boston Celtics fans may disagree because they still have a weird thing, vendetta against Nick Nurse for uh, Jason Tatum thinking he was an NBA player, but uh, for the most part, there's not really a thing to complain about with Nick Nurse, and it's great that he's around, and it sort of shores up some of the puzzle, right? I, I mean... The conversation about the free agency this offseason, especially when it comes to Fred, as we discussed on Monday, is very much wrapped up in the future of the front office guys and Nick Nurse, and not just the free agency questions of this offseason, but obviously the free agency plans that the Raptors have very much telegraphed for 2021. None of that is going to be possible to pull off, and you're not going to stage a coup and get Giannis on your team if you don't have your front office guys locked in, especially considering those contracts. You know, there's a theory theory out there maybe that you know they they wait until they actually land Giannis then assign extensions that's really not going to happen unless they're tampering excessively which hey hope they are the contracts of Messiah and Bobby would end before free agency begins at the end of the league year so that's not really something that lines up and, and look I, I think 
There's a lot of panic right now. There's always panic when it comes to Maasai. Any sort of rumblings of uncertainty there are going to cause people to lose their minds. I would just like to tell people to calm down, maybe just a little bit. I think Raptors fans love being paranoid. They love to worry. And I think with Maasai and Bobby Webster, them not having their contracts done three or four days after the season ended is not any sort of damning thing whatsoever. I think... The way that Masai and Bobby have talked about their plans for 2021, or not really talked about, but just sort of intimated that that's what they're looking at, it would seem quite weird for this vision to end before Masai ever gets a chance to see it through. And so I feel pretty good. I don't think MLSE is going to dick around with this. I feel like they're going to get that done. And I, I think Raptors fans, there's no Knicks out there lurking. There's no team like a high profile president job out there that could potentially sway Messiah away. I don't think right now. I mean, you obviously never know what motivates a person, but uh, particularly right now with the state of America, I don't really know if like he's lining up to go be the president of the, I don't know, Indiana Pacers or whatever it is. It's just with the Knicks not being there, I think there's very little chance he ends up moving anywhere. Maybe there's an opt-out built into his next contract where if a, an opportunity comes along and he wants to take it, he can. But I think for the most part, Raptors fans can uh, rest easy when it comes to Masai. They've got one of the three puzzle pieces from the front office coaching staff thing taken care of now. And we shall see where Bobby and Masai's extensions end up. If they do end up taking place, I think they will. Don't worry too much. The other thing to note in terms of news and notes before we get to TJ McBride, again, to get a crash course at how to be a Nuggets fan, the all-rookie teams came out yesterday. Terrence Davis named as a second-team all-rookie player and didn't just squeak on, which I thought maybe would be the case considering he didn't play a ton, ton of minutes. He didn't score at the same level as like an R.J. Barrett, for example, but it seems as though the voters really valued winning, and that's great. And he ends up with the seventh most votes of anyone on the second team. It's Tyler Hero, Terrence Davis, Kobe White, P.J. Washington and Rui Hachimura. Uh, R.J. Barrett left completely off. He's uh, the first guy receiving votes who did not make it on, but was not particularly close. He was 13 points behind Rui Hachimura and 35 points behind Terrence Davis. So nice to see winning actually honored <laughs> when it comes to the all-rookie teams. And I think Terrence Davis very much is worth it. Obviously, we, we didn't see him do much in the playoffs the trust wasn't quite there he never really kind of found any sort of rhythm or anything like that maybe that's an indictment of Nick Nurse for not trusting him a little bit more and running him more in the bubble or whatever it is but I think there were certainly reasons why Terrence Davis wasn't quite suited to a high level playoff series like that against Boston right away but that does not mean he's not a part of the core going forward. Uh, you know, Obviously, there were the off-court things with him as well, with the uh, weird COVID truthering stuff. Hopefully, that has been uh, taken care of and squared away. There hasn't been anything coming out from his Instagram feed that is terribly dubious in recent weeks. And maybe the, the, the Raptors have kind of gotten on him for that and uh, helped change his ways and educate him and stuff like that. And hopefully, we can just focus on him being a very fun and good basketball player going forward. Again, a steal, an undrafted guy coming second team all rookie is just uh, a damn good piece of business for the Raptors to be able to pick him up off another team's summer league team. Never forget, he was on the Nuggets summer league team when they got to Vegas and left with Toronto, and that is very damn cool. I think Davis obviously factors in next season a little bit more often. I think obviously it depends what happens with the backcourt and things like that. It still could be the same sort of backcourt rotation that we've seen with this season with Norm and Fred and Kyle Lowry taking on a lot of the minutes, but I would imagine with Kyle Lowry moving into his age 35 season next year, maybe they scale his minutes back a little bit. Maybe they try to protect Fred a little bit more if they can bring him back and Terrence Davis figures in a little bit more. Uh, routinely as a rotation wing guard sort of combo hybrid type guy maybe playing in some small lineups as a three 
I, I think we'll see a lot more Terrence Davis next year. He's just he offers a thing the Raptors don't have a lot of, which is just burst off the bounce. And obviously there there needs to be refinement of the playmaking and the finishing and all of that stuff. But he was a pretty damn good finisher this year, I think. And his dunks are wonderful. And I think he, he does have some passing instincts. And I look forward to seeing how Terrence Davis figures into next year's team. It's going to be a battle, I think, between him and Matt Thomas for two guard minutes just because of how Matt Thomas played this year and the sort of strides he made defensively, at least being a fundamentally sound defender. And maybe that becomes a bit of a minutes battle in training camp next year, whatever it is, whenever the hell next year actually takes place. But uh, I look forward to seeing more Terrence Davis. I think he's uh, a nice little piece to have thinking ahead to 2021, potentially cost controlled and you can kind of fit him in on a on a bench with a very good team if you're able to get a big free agent or if you are pivoting towards a, a time in your franchise's trajectory where you don't have a superstar and you're still kind of waiting and trying to be good and, and biding your time until you can strike to get one if 2021 flames out as a plan then Terrence Davis is just a nice guy to have and develop along with the rest of the guys who he's pretty lined up with timeline-wise. I think he's like the same age as OG Ananobi, uh, just a few years younger than Pascal and Fred, obviously, if they can keep Fred around. And so the timeline is nice, and he's a nice player, and I look forward to watching him blossom a little bit more going forward. And, you know, there might be inconsistencies. Again, he went undrafted for a reason, I'm sure, and there might be some, uh, you know, ups and downs, maybe like a Norm Powell-style trajectory where it's off and on and hot and cold for the entire time he's on the team but I think uh, there's reason to be optimistic that Terrence Davis is a keeper for sure going forward so congrats to him for making second team all defense and with that we are now going to really dive into some schadenfreude make fun of the Clippers a little bit talk about the Nuggets and uh, dive into you know the stuff you should know as a newly indoctrinated fan of the Denver Nuggets with TJ McBride of Mile High Sports and the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast that is coming up in just a second. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, joining me now on Locked On Raptors from Mile High Sports and the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast to to tell us all about how to be a Nuggets fan and also to point and laugh at the Clippers. It is TJ McBride. TJ, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm I'm fueled by this collective slander of the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen every little part of NBA Twitter come together in such a unified front until this moment. This has to go back to like the LeBron James to co- overcoming the Clippers over a 3-1 odds kind of slanderous moment. So yes, I, I am all the way here, coffee field and rage field, and I'm very ready to go. I don't know. First of all, I didn't know myself that I disliked the Clippers as much as I do. Like, I thought, you know, once things got down to it, I would want Kawhi to have success and be happy because, look, as much as we're probably going to slander everyone else on the Clippers, and Kawhi didn't have a very good game, obviously, but, like, that dude's proven. That dude uh, is forever, you know, entwined with Raptors fans, and Raptors fans are forever indebted to him for what he did in the title run last year, so I just kind of assumed, all right, I'll root for the Clippers, but as the series went along and as just like the last few months have gone along and you have like Patrick Beverly 
spouting off and Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell acting as though they've won anything other than two games against the Warriors in the first round last year. Like it just it really dawned on me like, oh, no, I hate this team and want them to lose. And apparently literally every other person on NBA Internet also felt the same, including dear friends Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and others. Just uh, a glorious night. Is there like a tier, like a hierarchy in your mind, TJ, of like, the people who were happy about last night's game and are the Nuggets fans any higher than third? I think the Nuggets fans jumped into third last night because for me, <laughs> Nuggets fans are, are very similar to Clippers fans. They're not as LA based. So there's a little bit less of the pretentiousness behind it, but they all just imagine doom is around the corner for their respective franchises. Mm-hmm. So they were very much so synonymous in how they experienced the game seven. So it wasn't until they lost and started talking about, well, our guys didn't get to the bubble till late. We were fatigued <laughs> but that's to a Nuggets team that beat them who only had one guard in Troy Daniels for their seeding games. Bull Bull played shooting guard. The Denver <laughs> Nuggets, they didn't have a starter. They went to game seven against Utah, had one day of rest to turn around and get ready for the Clippers. So like this idea that like they couldn't play more than three minute bursts in the fourth quarter of the game and there was no chemistry because they weren't in the bubble together. All of that is just complete, complete chaos to me. And that's what put the final nail in the coffin for me i can appreciate dominant basketball teams i was the only one when the warriors were winning saying i like dynasties it's impressive that teams can do this i like those things i'm at the point now where i'm so beyond sick of this clippers team and all of the (laughs) excuses that i'm very very happy they are eliminated and i think that everybody kind of at least evolved into my state by the time that they finished their post game comments last night yeah, I, I think if you're going like a schadenfreude power rankings, it's like Raptors fans, I think, came in number one with a bullet last night. It was just uh, <laughs> it was something else. It was as fun as like a big playoff win for the Raptors, in my estimation. Um, then I think like probably Lakers fans and then the Blazers backcourt probably tied for second. And yes. then I'll throw the Nuggets in, uh, I guess, fourth overall. But yeah, like congrats to Nuggets fans I'm sorry that you weren't quite as excited as other people who were just laughing and pointing but look it's also like the Clippers didn't do themselves any favors they brought this on themselves and brought more of it on with their post-game comments I mean you have like Fresno Joey Graham out here after hitting the side of the backboard (laughs) talking about how this actually wasn't a championship or bust season and oh we didn't have enough time together where like the Raptors last year Uh, literally traded for their starting center with like six weeks left to go in the season, brought in two brand new starters and promoted a bench guy to be their starting power forward and still ended up uh, doing just fine (laughs) with the chemistry side of things, playing like the most flawless defense and like on a string defense that was like literally spoken of highly because of its ability to kind of change and call things out on the fly because of how entwined and close knit they were like the excuse does not fly there Fresno Joey Graham I'm sorry like it just doesn't work there's and no excuses just, that work oh. across the board Patrick Beverly talking about Nikola Jokic flailing when Denver had 10 free 
throws to the Clippers 26 in that game. Like, you can go back as far as you want. You can go back to when Damian Lillard waved away Paul George and he called it a bad shot after the game. Like, this has been such a consistent trend that nobody can escape anymore. And the fact that they're all Clippers and all disastrously failed once again in a postseason, it just adds so much fuel to the fire. And let's be honest here. There is one consistent trend for this Clippers team blowing 3-1 leads, and his name is Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something going on there. I don't know, but it was enjoyable to watch the dysfunction last night. Look, Kawhi, all I got to say is uh, your head coach last year would not have played Montrez Harrell all of the minutes against the guy he very, very obviously could not guard. Uh, let's just that <laughs> that put it part. that way. Yeah. Um, and look, I think Doc Rivers is good. I think he stands for a lot of great things off the court as well. And I don't know if he necessarily deserves to be fired. You know, the, the team was like very incomplete all year long and carried themselves like it. it really speaks to how like odious they were all season long that they have not won a single thing and they're like kind of like a fun upstart team in theory like this like second tier team gets these two superstars that because they build the right way and all that stuff like in theory that should be viewed as like a success story from nba internet and people should be like on the like same as like the first year warriors like oh hey look at how this team being smart got them all this success like let's get in on this thing before they get uh kevin durant and all that stuff but like they were fun before that and i just i can't believe the level of hate that is already in existence for the clippers despite having won literally nothing it really, really makes me happy. And, like, I just want to congratulate all Raptors fans out there Seriously. for a good night of <laughs> slander and also on winning what pretty much amounts to a second straight championship. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> You got to take the wins when you can in this day and age, man, and that is absolutely one of them. Like, I was sad about the Celtics Game 7 loss until last night, and now I could not possibly care any less. It is wonderful. Uh, TJ, we're going to dive into sort of a, a 101 of how to be a Denver Nuggets fan, because I know Raptors fans are very much uh, on the train of the Nuggets at this point, considering Jamal Murray, Kitchener-Waterloo connection, and also the fact that they just dispatched the Clippers. Uh, but first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which is the best-tasting protein bar you're ever going to try. If the Clippers... Were, had a supply of built bars in their locker room they might not have lost so embarrassingly they might have just lost by a little bit i don't know um the, the new improved built bar as well has uh, a ton of great flavors it's it's like they're just expanding their flavor profile like crazy six new flavors include caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry bar sia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp joining their original complement of 12 flavors which includes my favorite toffee almond along with some other banger flavors like mint brownie and banana bread bars are covered covered in 100% dark chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They're kind of like a Mars bar in consistency. They're not one of these gritty or insanely tough and you've got to put it in the microwave to make it chewable type of protein bars. They're just very easy. This is like a nice fun snack. Also, they're quite healthy for you as well. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber and great for keto diets as well. Some of the flavors, you've got peanut butter, for example, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And the brand new cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. They, again, are quite healthy for you compared to some of the other protein bars out there on the market. 
And also right now, Built Bar has a very cool promo right now. When you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you're going to get $10 off of your next order. And also, you're going to get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. They are not going to last very long, so make sure you're getting in there and getting that free cooler. And again, that's BuiltBar.com. Code LOCKDOWN for 10 bucks off on your next order. Built Bar is very, very good. Go buy them right now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, TJ, let's uh, give Raptors fans a bit of a crash course here on how to be a proper Nuggets fan. So I guess my first question for you is, what is the sort of overall state of mind of Nuggets fans? I think every kind of fan base has their own sort of box you can put them in. I think, you know, you have Lakers fans just like basking in history and never ever letting go of history. You've got Celtics fans kind of doing the same thing, but a little more annoyingly. You have, I think, like very wholesome fan bases. Like, I don't know, maybe there's not wholesome fan bases. I don't know. You've got the Rockets <laughs> who are basically QAnon. You've got the Jazz who are very, very angry all the time and want respect. You know, I think you can say like yes. the Blazers have a good and wholesome fan base. Raptors fans just like constantly petty and always uh, aggrieved a little bit by the lack of recognition where would you put nuggets fans into in terms of their category of fan well there's one phrase that kind of puts them into their own tier and that is nug life it's almost similar to the clippers (laughs) tier where everything goes wrong like nothing is built to go right and it always feels like when you're on the verge of wow maybe this is the group that i can get excited about it all spectacularly fails like danielo gallinari tearing his acl in the dallas mavericks game right before the nuggets took on the very earliest iteration of the golden state warriors in 2012-13 which started their dynastic run like those kinds of moments are so emblematic of this Denver Nuggets fan base and it drives them crazy so that's why now being able to get to this Western Conference Finals against the Lakers after overcoming a true title contender team in the Clippers the Nuggets are basically like the kid who's 22 gambling in Vegas who suddenly is up like six thousand dollars and doesn't know what to do with himself like they're just playing with all the house money buying all the drinks for everybody at the table (laughs) having as much fun as they can going from casino to casino and that's really where they're at now this is all joy and I think that the Nuggets have really done a good job of setting that precedent for their fans the entire time that they've been facing elimination their whole message is we're good we're fine don't worry about (laughs) us like we're just having fun in the bubble and this could be a lot worse and we get to play basketball and send a good message of social justice all across the land as often as we possibly can so the nuggets came into this loose and carefree and happy and that really did kind of manifest itself in the fan base as well because there there was that collective dread for so long that nothing was ever going to go right for this franchise and now here they are on the precipice of arguably the greatest moment in franchise history a potentially greatest team in franchise history, and they're all basically under the age of 26. So right now, this is all just free money. The Denver Nuggets fans are just enjoying the chaos of the moment. We'll see how next year goes with even more expectations. But for now, the Nug life has kind of transcended into way too much fun. 
That's I think that fits perfectly with the mindset of Raptors fans in 2020. Maybe not so much in like 2018, as they, uh, you know, despair was kind of the fe- feeling <laughs> du jour every jour that there was, <laughs> and you know the title obviously changed things. This entire season was basically uh, I called it the Hakuna Matata season all season yes. long. It was very uh, again all house money, gravy, all that stuff, uh, just the extra trimmings, and I think that really sort of lines up well with where Raptors fans are right now, and I think it'll be easy to get on that sort of joyous happy enjoy it for what it is uh wave it seems nuggets fans are on right now uh tj you know obviously there are some other things that fans need to be aware of so every team i I feel like kind of has their whipping boy at fair or not like every (laughs) fan base just like really gets on one guy i think for a lot of the last few years for raptors fans it's been norman powell quite a bit even though that's probably not very fair obviously after the postseason maybe pascal siakam is the guy but he's also too good i think to really be the whipping boy it's got to be a guy who's like a bench player or like maybe like a, a, a pseudo starter who is good but does things that infuriate you who is that person just so raptors fans can be up to date on that as well Well, I'll start by answering your question the way it's intended to be answered before diverting like a chaotic person, but for sure it's Will Barton. Like, Denver Nuggets fans think Will Barton is, like, this weird sieve defensively who also is, like, a Dwight Howard-level black hole on offense, and whenever he does (laughs) anything wrong, Nuggets fans just, like, it's like they're all in a group chat together, and they're like, now! Go to Twitter now! And they all appear together to just start obliterating Will Barton. And I've never really understood what this is, because Will Barton is the hardened soul of this Denver Nuggets team. You ask any reporter who has been on the ground with these guys since Will Barton got to Denver, and they will all agree with you on that. And on top of that, he's been one of the biggest supporters of the young guys you can imagine. I had him on my Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast right after he came back from his injury, talking about his mental health struggles with going through his injury. And in that podcast, he was yelling, literally yelling for Michael Porter Jr. to get more time. And that would be the guy who would take minutes from Will. So I'm not sure why Nuggets fans hate him, but Will Barton is really the guy that becomes that um yeah i guess they're kind of the cop out the guy that gets blamed for everything with will barton not being in the bubble that's kind of shifted to gary harris but that's kind of irrelevant the other person who gets it endlessly which i think is every fan base is michael malone and the only reason i bring this up is because michael malone has been phenomenal in my opinion this postseason Mm -hmm. and somehow still nuggets fans think that he needs to be fired yesterday and they need to go (laughs) find chris finch who was like this super mysterious assistant coach that was here like three years ago and is just hiding out in New Orleans right now. There's like a lot of weirdness in terms of the tinfoil hat who should be coaching the Denver Nuggets going forward kind of conspiracies and Michael Malone has caught a lot of strays from that. I mean, all coaches, uh, unless you're Nick Nurse at this point, who has not yet had any bad will sort of built up, I feel like every coach kind of gets that. So it's good to know that, you know, <laughs> the the spirit of being a Raptors fan during the Dwayne Casey era will ca- carry over quite nicely uh, <laughs> as a, a very good coach who probably doesn't deserve to be so maligned is uh, is constantly the whipping boy. Um, you know, obviously, I th- I'm sure you're familiar that there are certain players on the Raptors who Raptors fans would go to the mat for and die to defend their honor pretty much at any opportunity. And and obviously, that's Kyle Lowry first and foremost, but there are a lot of other guys as well. I think OG Ananobi's in there. I think Fred Van Vliet's in there. Uh, Serge Ibaka increasingly in there as he's just the most delightful person in the world. Who is the player on the Nuggets who 
Raptors fans need to be prepared to be the most defensive of. You know, obviously, like maybe it's Jokic because people say he's bad at defense or something, even though he's quite clearly pretty fine on that end, unless he's like in a pick and roll coverage and he gets kind of cut out in space. But for the most part, he's been very good. And obviously, he's uh, a goddamn king. And I don't really know how you could have a bad word to say about Nikola Jokic at this point. So you might not have to defend him too much. Is there somebody who Nuggets fans will unabashedly defend their honor uh, no matter what happens? Happens and whatever happens to befall them. Tory Craig. Okay. I know he's not a starter. He's like the ninth guy off the bench. But this this is something that I think fan bases that have been maligned for so many years kind of rally behind. Guys who just give endless amounts of effort. Kyle Lowry also has this going for him, in addition to also being a skill level star basketball player. Tory Craig isn't quite there, but he has this the complete um he's completely willing to break his nose three times for this Denver Nuggets team and keep playing. There are moments like his first start in the NBA. His first real moment with the Denver Nuggets is actually the the article I'm most proud of. He came from Kenosha, Wisconsin, took an Uber at 3 a.m. for three hours to get to the airport in the dead of winter, took a flight, got all the way to Denver, only got a nap in between shoot around and the game, got told he was starting to defend Drew Holiday and blocked a potential game winning mid range jumper from him to basically seal himself into Nuggets lore for all eternity. Those (laughs) moments have somehow become so consistent for him that people just latch on to that kind of energy it's very marcus smart-esque like a lot of people call him crash because he's always on the floor i don't know how that dude stands up because i feel like he is like a plank horizontal on the court more often than anybody else but somehow he's just endlessly always giving this insane amount of effort on both ends of the floor it's usually it's not always good the energy is very volatile but that have that kind of energy for a fan base that has been so without it for so long it's something that the that Denver Nuggets fans have really embraced so even if Torrey Craig is getting scorched by Donovan Mitchell and can't give you anything on offense and suddenly you're getting blown out by 10 points in the last two minutes Nuggets fans are still going to be like but Torrey Craig's defense man that just <laughs> tries and they will forever go on that hill so credit to them I don't think they're wrong but there are moments where the indomitable Torrey Craig might actually have some things go wrong with him I disagree. Tory Craig is flawless <laughs> this, and perfect. This is how I feel about Norman Powell. Norman Powell <laughs> is flawless and perfect, and any slander about him is irrelevant. Excellent. Uh, I'm just practicing. You know, I gotta get in on the on the Tory Craig Hill as well. <laughs> uh, prepare to die there now after that. Uh, well articulated uh, detailing of the support that he gets from Nuggets fans. Uh, actually, currently looking up a jersey to buy a Tory Craig. <laughs> uh, but okay, here's the, the last question. So Raptors fans have. Uh, certain feelings about certain jerseys that the team wears. I think anytime the team wears their reds, people kind of feel not so good about it. Uh, they tend to have some of their worst losses in their reds when they wear their blacks. It's usually pretty positive. Last year, when they wore those North uh, Chevron red jerseys, which were amazing, they clinched the title in them. That just inspired a lot of confidence. I think they were something like 7-1 and one in them in the playoffs or something like that. Uh, and it was just like, you know, the juju for those jerseys was good. What is the jersey theory around the Nuggets right now? I have always kind of found their their, their jerseys to kind of, uh, you know, leave you wanting a little bit. Uh, but is there a certain set uh, of uniforms that people uh, really embrace with the Nuggets where they have the better energy? What's the deal there? Well, they only brought two to Orlando, and right. that's their Mile High City blue ones and then the black Rainbow Skylines jerseys that they have. Right. So those are really the two. The other two are very just, you know, 
blah NBA jerseys for home and away. There's nothing that impressive about them. Those two jerseys, though, the Mile High City jersey in particular is phenomenal. I know the players love it, but the skyline will always be the one because that was an infamous jersey. It was hated when it first came out back in the 80s. They thought it was so ugly, and it became this like cult classic Mitchell and Ness product that everybody had to get their hands on, and now here the Nuggets are donning it in a playoff series, well, multiple playoff series where they're coming back from 3-1 down, and as Michael Malone says it, wearing their Johnny Cash black. So maybe, <laughs> I'm not even kidding, the whole coaching staff wears black polos, the whole team wears their black uniforms, and they show up to end those series. So maybe that's the only thing, but there's not a whole lot of like discussion on the Nuggets Reddit site about which team <laughs> is winning more in which jersey. That isn't a whole lot, in, a whole lot involved with Nuggets fans, but you definitely see the Nuggets themselves rallying around that black rainbow skyline jersey yeah the jersey stuff might just be a specific species of brain worms that raptors fans have and that's totally fine um (laughs) i got a lot of brain worms man i can't be here judging anybody (laughs) about theirs last one here for you tj before i let you go this has been wonderful um any sort of last behaviors tendencies you know weird sort of hills that nuggets fans will die on that raptors fans should definitely know about before they throw themselves fully in on their brand new favorite team bull bull is the future starting small forward of the denver nuggets (laughs) that's the chaos that you have probably not seen yet that lives in the deep dark dark under depths of denver nuggets twitter but it does exist like there is this serious thought that if the nuggets get 80 percent potential from michael porter jr and bull bull that they're just never going to lose a basketball game again and the (laughs) all of their faith are in that idea and it's funny too because i have to take some amount of credit for this which i did not intend to do but I was talking with Tim Connolly before the Brooklyn game in Brooklyn all the way back in like December and he joked with me at the time I thought he was joking that Bull Bull could be a small forward I was like okay you know that's an interesting idea ha and kind of like moved on but no he started at small forward in all of their scrimmages and a little bit in the seeding games so maybe there's some chaotic amazing fixture there that Bull Bull can be this like 7-2 version of big ball where they can actually play with a lot of shooting and a lot of versatility and nuggets fans believe it so if you want your weird little moment of like what nuggets fans think could happen that's probably one of those one things that i think is hysterical and that they will go down on just dying on that hill they believe in bull ball in denver amazing uh this seems like uh you know look so i've been a long time nuggets fan going back decades and so like all the way to alex english and kiki vandaway and all that stuff so like this is not new to me this is you know i think other raptors fans though who maybe have not been such a diehard of the nuggets for so so long are going to be uh just like thrilled by the different things to root for on this team i am uh frankly very excited for everybody to finally get on my level and appreciate the nuggets the way i have always for my entire life definitely um tj (laughs) this has been great thank you so much for coming on where can people check out your work yeah, you can find all of my insanity on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA, where you'll get video clips until like four in the morning for some reason. You can find my podcast, Rocky Mountain Hoops, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you'll find my writing at milehighsports.com. 
Amazing. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That is going to do it for today's podcast. Please subscribe to rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that. I'm on Twitter, of course, at Woodley Sean at Locked on Raptors is the show Twitter account as well. If you want to try to get in touch, uh, shoot a DM over there or whatever it is. If you have questions for future mailbags or whatever it may be. And also, please make sure you're checking out all the other Locked on podcasts. Go right now and listen to Locked on Nuggets with Adam Morris and Matt Moore as they break down game seven uh you're a nuggets fan now you better subscribe to that podcast go ahead do it right now that's gonna do it for today we'll be back again on thursday with another episode of locked on raptors hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.